You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. And we are pleased that you have chosen once again to listen to these 30 minutes of discussing the grand biblical narrative. Or maybe you're a first-time listener. We had a we had a listener uh, write us saying they were a first-time listener and then that, that they skipped all the way to the end rather than listen to the whole series, which I understand that. But if for some reason this is your first time listening, I highly, highly recommend just go back to episode one because the whole premise of this podcast is that the Bible is best read as a story and you don't start a story at chapter 26, mm. which... That is where we are today, gentlemen, I would assume. I would assume that we didn't skip all the way from verses one through six and just skip the rest of it because there's some uh, pretty significant things happening. But before we get into that, listener, whether you are long time or brand new, please consider subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast so that you can bless yourself by having a notification every Tuesday morning when we release another 30 minutes of discussing this narrative. And that way we all win. You help spread the podcast even farther on your platform of choice, and you're always going to be in the loop and caught up. All right. Now that all that being said, where are we headed? Uh, Grar. Ma- all right. Ma- I did. <laughs> like, I know I people, people can't see or hear behind the scenes, like before recording, but I just, I need everyone to know that today's pre recording discussion was just Matt practicing his pronunciation of Garar for like 30 minutes. <laughs> No, I'm not wasn't practicing. I was able to say it right off, man. I can roll my tongue, man. That's just, yeah, just I, I guess. Like, I guess. But since it's a, he was practicing so much. He has no trouble reading right. today. It was almost wow. like a. It was almost like a puss in boots thing, like a puss in boots. But like Matt saying garar. Um, I'm just saying that's. I'm just saying that's not in the. I've heard garar more than fifty times today. Is all I'm telling you, people. That's all I'm saying. But he didn't hear garar. He heard garar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But that is where we're going today. Genesis chapter 26, verses 6 through 11, actually going back to all the old familiar places because we're introducing the the guy that needs no introduction to us, King Abimelech. Um, and we're going to read about the interaction that Isaac and Rebecca have with Abimelech, uh, presumably after Abraham has died, if we're taking you know, the narrative timeline as written um, and their interaction with him. So that's where we're going to be today in verses one through 11. I think this is going to be a fun episode. Awesome. Well, Matt, since you're so practiced, why don't you read for us? No one on this pot, like I took a lot yeah, of Hebrew. I took a lot of Hebrew, but I can't say Gerar like Matt can say it. All uh, <laughs> Gandalf, can you say, uh, brother, surely you can crank some of that out me can you say no gandalf can you say grar grar, grar. that's, no. that's I, beautiful 
I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm French when I say it. I no like, but like when Matt says it's not. It's more. Yeah, Matt. Matt roll. Matt rolling that R is like the smooth hum of a Hemi engine. You know, it's just firing on all cylinders. Like, oh my gosh! So let me allow me to take us to Grar. All right, here we go. So can't. So so all as always from the ESV. All right. So Isaac settled in Grar. When is. the man Please do that in the pulpit when you preach this. <laughs> okay. So when the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister. Your line is oh. I will free the genie. All right. No. <laughs> she is my sister, for he feared to say my wife, thinking lest the men of this place should kill me because of Rebecca, because she was attractive in appearance. When he had been there a long time, Abimelech, here's our guy, king of the Philistines, looked out of a window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebecca, his wife. So Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, she is your wife. How then could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, because I thought, lest I die because of her. Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might easily have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech warned the people saying, whoever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Man, there is something to reading out loud because I caught something that I not caught before. This is not between Abimelech and Rebecca this time. Abimelech has learned his lesson. Like, yeah, Abimelech is like, I ain't touching nobody. <laughs> but Abimelech, from this at family. no point, yeah, at no point is Abimelech like pursuing Rebecca. It's just the men of the town, the men of the city. But, uh, but anyway, this is the, the men of what city, Matt? What city? <laughs> okay so i hope someone's got like one of those click counters going in the background (laughs) for you that's right so there's a there's a lot going on here gandalf what do you notice immediately about this story okay first question right well okay well one observation and then a question observation we have seen this before this is like what the third or fourth time this has happened. Those patriarchs is- had a very thin playbook. I like it. it makes me think of, uh, uh, it makes me think of a Remember the Titans when he like Herman Boone presents the guy with this playbook, and he writes, "I run a split beer, six plays, works like Novocaine. Every you know, just give it time." Like, That's right. They had a thin playbook, but they're confident in it, man. Just present your wife as your sister. Do you know when you're like playing Uno with your family or whatever, and you're like down to your last four cards and they're all the same color? Like I imagine the patriarchs have like are down to their last four cards and they all say, pretend your wife is your sister. <laughs> and like, like that's the one thing they they know how to do. Man, I hope right. I don't get hit with a wild card. Oh, uh, <laughs> man, that sounds like modern politics. All right, moving on. Okay. Um, set, uh, then a question. Why does Abimelech... And, know that the ruse is up when he sees Isaac laughing with Rebecca. Well, and that's, I want to push that question right back on you. Okay. If if you're, if you're reading this passage and, and Gandalf, correct me if I'm wrong, you do not read Hebrew. 
That is correct. But you do pay attention while we record. Uh, sometimes. Okay. Well, that's, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, honesty is always appreciated. Um, <laughs> do you remember when we talked about like the significance of Isaac's name and all the things that went into that? What does Isaac's name mean in means, Hebrew? Means laughter, or at least, well, at least that's one of the. Yeah. So is there is there anything that trips you up when you're reading verse eight, and Abimelech the king of the Philistines looked out a window and he saw laughter, laughing, laughing. Yeah, that is that is curious because that's a little, so. Let me throw another thing in here, here, Gandalf. You see laughter, laughing, and notice with his wife. So Abimelech called Isaac and said, behold, she is your wife. So I just have a question. Can you not laugh and have a good time with your sister? No, you definitely can't. So something tells me that this laughing was uh, not more than what it seems. So this may be one of those things that we come to in Hebrew that, hey, maybe this is descriptive of something maybe a little more than, man, they were telling some really good jokes. Speaking of good jokes. My daughter Ainsley laid one on me this week that I'd never heard before, and it's why did the chicken cross the road? It's amazing. You want to hear it? Why? Why did the chicken cross the road? And you're just say, I mean, come on. Why? Why? And she says, because? That's pretty good. My my six-year-old laid that on me, and I am almost 40, and I'd never heard that. But this this is not telling jokes. This is not backslapping, having a good time. Whatever this activity was is interestingly enough. Remember, well, and, Genesis. And to, yeah, ahead. yeah. To your point, when we've seen this type of laughter before, it's always been substantial thing like laughter in response to God's promise, laughter in God's promise being fulfilled, laughter when Lot is trying to evacuate the city. They, right. You know, uh, it's it's been, in other words, it hasn't been chicken jokes. It's been <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it, it's been it's been a more substantial type of laughter, uh, right? Yeah. But it's interesting. The only time this word is used one time in the Hebrew in Exodus. Gandalf, do you know where it is? This is this is the whole living. The Exodus while yeah. you're hearing or reading Genesis. I, I, yeah. I don't have Logos Bible software, so no. Oh, that's I don't. touche for calling us out on cheating. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's shots that's right. shots fired, sir. So it's only used one time in the Exodus. And, and this is the whole this is the whole uh reading or hearing Genesis while you're living the Exodus thing. Or let's even push it into later generations. Let's yeah. say it's just people who have the complete canon. It's people who are reading the foundational story of Genesis before they read the foundational story of Exodus and seeing how that they are put together as people. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's so fine. It can, it, can, it can go both ways. Yeah, because we yeah. oversimplify with that, but it's like for heuristic purposes. That's fair. Yeah. Correct. So it is Exodus 32, verse 6. This is the but, golden calf. Mm. And it says, here it is, Gandalf. I want you to tell me which word is laughter. Okay. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Play. Uh-oh. 
Okay. Now. Play is a very kind translation there. The book of Hebrews in the New Testament is explicit what this behavior was. That this was very promiscuous. Yeah, essentially like orgy. Exactly. That this is an orgy taking place in front of an idol, a graven image. It's a a pagan exercise for worship, which includes intimate touching. This, okay. this is interesting. Now, this is the word that is used when Abimelech looks out the window and is like, wow, uh, that ain't his sister. That is, yeah, <laughs> that that's not how you, yeah, that's not, like, I'm not trying to be crass here, but that ain't how you make your sister laugh. Mm. So, <laughs> that, they, that, like, they, yeah. essentially, this is, I mean, it's used, like, when, when Yitzkak is used with a definite article, it, right. it, it essentially has that connotation of fondling. Exactly. Like, it's, it's you the know, whole something, idea. something more explicit. Yeah. Well, and, you know, later in Genesis 39, uh, when Joseph is in Potiphar's house, we know what Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph of, and what verb does she use? She uses Yitzkak. She says, my That's husband right. brought up a, a Hebrew man, and, and the translation in the CSB, which is w- what I'm preaching from on Sundays, is make fools of us. Um, mm. But it's it's Yitzkak to, to fondle us. Um, right. And so... It, um, it's incredible how often, like, well, I'm sorry. In, in the ESV, and... it just says laugh at us, but it, but it's not <laughs> laugh at us. She's accusing him of trying to rape her, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it also it's repeated is in verse 17, by the way. Yeah. I wonder if, like, ancient Hebrew people that this was in code of how they talked about, like, wanting to be intimate with each other and not and not give it away in front of the kids, like. Did ancient Hebrew men or ancient Hebrew women look at the other one and say, hey, I'm ready to go to Gerar? Matt, I knew he was going to work it back in. Like, I'm, I'm sure people who are hearing this. <laughs> that's people that's, who are, people who are not here. This is what the kids for... are calling it these days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gerar. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, Urban Dictionary Urban on Dictionary. the Better Than Fiction, <laughs> Better Than Fiction Bible. You, you just, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, but that, yes, I mean, that is among other sins. That's it. Like, yeah, it's funny. Cause like when I was a youth minister, you know, you were, you were up to date with how young people were talking. And in my mind, I'm not that old. Like I'm 38 and a half, but like kids have this whole nother language that they've developed since I was young, apparently. And so like five times a week, Say I'm less. looking up. Yeah. I'm looking up five times a week. What does this mean? And most of the time it's, you know, innocent and innocuous, but I'm like, oh, don't say that, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I- kind of incredible to me how many meanings there are to the word laughing that we've seen so far. Because we've we've ex- we've had whole episodes about this. So we have the the laughing of uh, Sarah and Abraham. We have the laughing of the people of. Sodom. But yeah, and, but but again, I, I do want to I do want to capture something there. Those seem like they have nothing to do with each other, but they do, because the laughter of Sarah and Abraham was about a promise involving a child, which requires relational intimacy. Hmm, In Sodom, Lot is trying to evacuate the city. What city? The city that wants to rape the angelic visitors. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not 
it's it's not it's it's that same thing we've talked about before where there even where there's not a lexical connection sometimes there is a thematic connection uh like you see this with joseph uh yitzkak is used again in judges with samson in judges chapter yeah. 16 you know when the when the philistines hey who's a who's abimelech the king of again remind me um, the Philistines. The Philist- yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but, uh, the Philistines, hey, let me, are you going to read Judges sixteen twenty five? Uh, you can go ahead. Let me, let me read that. And I want you to comment on it just so our folks, this capture it. What Nathan is talking about is when the Philistines bring Samson out and put him on display after they've gouged his eyes out. Let me read the verse. And then Nathan, uh, take us there with the story. And when their hearts were merry, this is the Philistines. They said, call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. Yeah. And, and uh, when it says, so they called Samson out of the prison and he entertained them toward the end of the verse, the word for entertained is he yitzcacked them. Okay. So they've just gouged his eyes out. They're not bringing him out to juggle. Right. They're, they're bringing him out to entertain him, entertain them by shaming him in some way. This is probably a stripping naked. You know what I'm saying? Like this is, right. this is humiliating him the way that they have felt humiliated. He has been, he has vexed them. Uh, and so they're, they're seeking to humiliate him. By the way, this is not Matt. You were saying this before we recorded, go to the new Testament. What's mm-hmm. a really effective way of shaming someone that you want to utterly destroy? You strip them naked. Yeah. Thinking, thinking namely of Jesus himself, who was stripped naked and interestingly enough, stretched out his arms like Samson yeah. being put mm. to shame. But interestingly enough, Samson's stretching out of his arms brought the Philistine temple down. Jesus stretching him out his arms brought the temple curtain down. It's there's. There's yeah, a and lot. I, yeah, of, and I, I like, and I don't want to like. Yeah, we don't even have to hang too much weight on that point. Uh, right. Other than you know, because you know, New Testament written in Greek, we don't we don't have the Yitzkak stuff in, That's in right. Greek. That's right. Um, same principle, but it's the same principle. You, they're not bringing Samson out to tell jokes. Like Samson's not in the Temple of Dagon saying, "Why did the chicken cross the road?" You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's not, he's, he's not there. He's not in the temple of Dagon rolling his R's. Get out. You know, (laughs) they've brought him out to shame him. Um, And so shame is the other side of honor when the context of intimacy is betrayed. Isaac Mm. is doing things with Rebecca that you do not do with your sister. And this is what tips off Abimelech. Bro, that's not your sister. That's not your sister. (laughs) And it's. It's also, uh, you wonder what Abimelech was thinking. Like he looks out his window and he sees this. It's interesting because it says he looked out of a window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebecca, his wife. (laughs) I wonder what Abimelech's first thought was. Like, I've got to stop dealing with these people. Like, (laughs) my my God. Well, it's that that family reunion thought. Like my extended family is not terribly close, so we, we haven't had many of these. But like I've heard stories from other people's family reunions and, you know, like people will go to their family reunion and you see the extended cousins you never get with and they like do things very differently than you. And you're like, who are these people? <laughs> um, 
uh, that's what Abimelech's thinking about these patriarchs. He's like, man, these guys are weird, but they land some attractive wives. I also can't help. I also can't help but notice this will not be the last time in the Old Testament that a king looks out a window and sees something sexual oh, nature that he ought not see. Oh, dude, I've, good call. Thank and you, Leonard course, Cohen. What? Yeah, and what are you referring to? I'm thinking of David and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gandalf, man. We're we're gonna get we're so, gonna make an Old Testament scholar out of you yet, dude. Look at you. So I'm so proud of you, bro. I love it. So. And and just it's also interesting that of what didn't happen. He looks out the window and he sees this, and notice his first reaction was not, "Hmm, wow, they're a really close family." Like that is not what he said. He He's said, a, "How could you say? How could you tell me that she was your sister?" There I is, know that ain't they true. ain't no way, boy. This is not your sister. I don't care what you're about to tell me. Your daddy said that you're mama was his half-sister or whatever i'm still suspect on that well there is yeah. no way this one is your well that's sister. interesting you know uh in verse 11 the, the translation is actually a little weak when it says abimelech warned all the people it uses sabah uh in sabah in hebrew which is command uh like mm. this is like god's commands are his mitzvah his mitzvot uh right. this is not hey you guys may want to like you guys might see Isaac and Rebecca joking with each other. Don't hit on her. This is not that. This is, yeah, she's off limits. Do yeah, not, but do, do not touch do you, her. I don't care. I don't care what those patriarchs tell you about their sisters. It's probably their wife. Don't touch her. But do you, so? Do you all remember though what God tells Abimelech when Abimelech, uh, you know, has his little run in with Rebecca, or not uh, with Rebecca, but Sarah. You remember he told Abimelech, listen, you are a dead man. Yeah. You are a dead man. In fact, let me just be reminded. This is Genesis 20. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory the territory of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. And he sojourned he just, in he, Gerar. He just wanted to say it again. That's the whole, that's, like, there that's was, all it there's is. There's no point to be <laughs> making. He just wanted I, to say it again. It's, I, I looked at this, and I get to say it one more time. And, <laughs> and Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man. Because of the woman you've taken, for she is a man's wife. Now, what's amazing is that apparently he remembered that because Abimelech tells his people, listen, if any of you all touch her, you're a dead man by my hand. Mm. Do you catch that? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I'm, I'm not risking the wrath of Abraham's God. That's Oh, man. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in the meantime, by the way, Abimelech has become a king. Mm. Um, like he he he's made some he's made some progress since uh, Genesis twenty as well. Mm. So, um, I can I say one thing in passing here that I'm going to come sure. back to in a few subsequent episodes. Um, we've it is interesting two things, and and again I'm I'm going to wear this point out because it needs to be worn out. You know, so often in the Old Testament. Uh, God is called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
But one thing mm-hmm. that we have noted is you've got a lot of Abraham stories. You've got a lot of Jacob stories. There are not that many stories where Isaac is an active participant. He's usually like more of a passive agent, like his dad brings him up the mountain, right? His his son deceives him right. in, into blessing uh, the wrong kid. Um, but it is neat, like Genesis 26 is kind of that that chapter where you see Isaac's active agency in the story of God's people. And you, you see it on two fronts. We're going to talk about wells in weeks to come, but up front, you see God very much still working with faulted people. I, Isaac is Isaac very quickly goes to the to the deception playbook, right? And um, just as but, a reminder, it's the whole Genesis eight thing after the flood. God only has faulted people to work with. Period. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. But but arguably, like in this passage, Abimelech, the Philistine king, acts more nobly than Isaac does. Correct. You know, like, is that fair? Um, but all this to say, this passage is bordered on both sides um, by Jacob and Esau stuff. And you're like, we talk mm-hmm. about Jacob being the trickster, the deceiver, the heel grabber, but that didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, so like, that's, true. That's, it's, you know, uh, and, and, you know, Jacob will go back to the old country and stay with Uncle Laban. Man, he, he gets that deceptive gene on both sides. Uh, but mm. there, there's certainly some that you're getting from Isaac as well. But you also see God in the midst of that. And we'll talk more about this. You see God moving the story forward uh, and God even working God building his people even through their messed up trickery and deception. So, I mean, yeah. that'll be fun to unpack in and the yet, subsequent weeks. <laughs> then you have the totally honest son, honest to a son, so honest to a fault that he's just an outright fool. Esau, I shall not tell a lie, but I'm just going to do everything stupid. It's, oh man. Because when you think about it, like Esau never gets caught in a lie. Not one time. He's a straightforward kind of guy. But man, he burns the country right in front of him. Oh. So, yeah, it's in- they're all complicated. They're all complicated. Um, listener, you know it's not complicated. <laughs> Subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, all you have to do is hit the heart, the smiley face, check mark, sunny face, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice. I know there's some weird third-party platforms out there. But if you are a Apple podcast listener, consider giving us a written review. We love seeing those written reviews. And that probably, in terms of like algorithm stuff, helps us out more than anything else. But the thing we like the absolute most, we love hearing from you guys at our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. We read every single comment that we get there, every single message, whether it be good or ill. Sometimes scathing. Yeah. Sometimes scathing. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> Hopefully you're but, still listening. Yeah. I would love it if you're still listening, yeah. but we will be back every Tuesday morning with another 30 minutes. And I think uh, the alternate t- uh, tagline to this podcast, it could very well be, it's always more, not less. I bet you didn't think that we could get an entire 30 minutes out of... Just um, a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, just a good laugh. Uh, (laughs) so listener you have a great week and we will be back next tuesday see you next time shalom great episode i loved that